name is Stephen Hackett, and I am joined by Aline Sims from Originality here on Relay FM. But Aline is also uh, with App Camp for Girls, an organization that some people may be familiar with, but I wanted to have her on to talk about uh, the organization and the great work they do in our community. So, Aline, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me on. You bet. Uh, I wanted to do this uh, last month, then our, our schedules were crazy, and so we finally got you on yeah. uh, in March. But it's a good time because... You know, the summer is busy for like the Apple community with WBDC and everything else. So it was kind of a good time to, to sit down and chat a little bit about App Camp. Yeah, it is a great time, uh, primarily because camps are happening in the summer. Um, so there's a lot that I can talk about now that I couldn't have talked about a month ago because a month ago we didn't have registration for summer camps open and that kind of thing. So I can tell people all about that this time. Awesome. Uh, so let's let's start. I guess at the beginning, uh, what is the um, kind of the pitch for the organization? I, I know about the work you all do and the camps you do, but for people who who aren't familiar, uh, what is App Camp for Girls? So we are a week-long, a five-day summer program for girls tr- girls, transgender and gender non-conforming youth. Um, and basically what we do is we show them how much fun app development can be. Also how frustrating it can be, but how much fun it can be. Um, and we do that by bringing, um, depending upon the camp location, 12 to 16 kids in and uh, basically showing them, teaching them how to build an app. And it's interesting because we go through a lot of different facets of app development. It's not just about um, writing code. Um, and I should say it's an iOS app that they build. So it's not just about like sitting down in Xcode and, and writing Swift. We do some of that, obviously, because we built we build apps, but it's also about, um, they have to come up with the idea for their app within a certain framework. They write all of the copy, all of the strings in the app. They do all of the design. So everything from creating their own, um, illustrations to picking their colors, that's all, all the kids going through camp. And one of the things that I hear a lot is like, oh, wait, I can work in tech and, and draw things. Yeah. (laughs) Drawing design is totally a career path in tech. You don't have to just, you know, sit down and write code if you don't want to. So that's, that's what they get is like this holistic view of what, what app development looks like. That's one thing I really love about the curriculum that, you know, we think about development and those of us, I'm, I'm not a developer, but I know a little bit about the world. And you think about things like Swift and pointers and all these things. And there's so much more to it in app making than just that, not to diminish the coding, but there are lots of opportunities for people who are designers or copywriters or people who think about, you know, uh, user flow and those sorts of thing. And I love that y'all's curriculum touches on all of those and you move through the entire process, not just this is what Xcode does. Yeah, it's, it's genius. Um, the curriculum was primarily developed by our co-founder, Gray Osten, and they did an incredible job. And I know they had a lot of input from other, from teachers and other people, but they've done such an incredible job of breaking down concepts and making it fun too. There are, um, at one point, um, when Gray is leading the camp, um, which they do for Portland and have done in a couple of other locations, but one of the things that 
you have to do as a developer when we're talking about developer roles is you have to think like a compiler does, right? You have to think stepwise and you have to think, am I being specific enough that the computer will know what I'm telling it to do, but not so specific that I'm, you know, shooting myself in the foot with, with what I'm writing. And so at one point there's like the gray bot and you know, if it, if gray is not leading the camp, it's not the gray bot, but, um, and it's basically walking through how to make a cup of tea. And it's like everything from, we get a kettle and we get, if we have a sink in the classroom, which occasionally we do, we use that. Otherwise, you know, we get a big pitcher of water and we ask the kids as a group exercise, they go through and we write down the instructions for the gray bot and, things go wrong. Like you pour water into the kettle, but you didn't write instructions to tell it when to stop Mm. pouring water. And so it overflows into everything. And so they, they really did a great job of making things fun and interesting. It's not just, you know, sitting down with a textbook, like my college experience of learning how to code, learning Java or whatever was very much like, okay, we're going through the textbook and it's very dry, but, um, camp is fun and exciting. Mm Um, really fun and exciting. Yeah. That experiential element is so important. You know, when I was a kid, uh, and it sounds like maybe for you too, that's how I learned. And and still as an adult, I learned by doing right. So when when Mm -hmm. my job involved taking apart MacBooks, I learned by taking apart the first MacBook, right? Like I I didn't, you could read the PDF and watch the video or whatever, but until I had my hands on it, it didn't click for me. And that's the way I've always been. And I see that in my three kids, you know, I see that they need that experiential, I almost said experiential experience. That's, (laughs) (laughs) but yes, but yes, I mean, being hands on and in an environment that it is, safe to make mistakes and we're learning together and there's a facilitator who, who kind of knows where we're going, but we're figuring it out as a mm-hmm. team. That's so valuable this day and age, especially something as complex as or we're going to build an iOS app, being able to break it down into those, those interactions. It's a really powerful thing. It really is. And I think uh, having, so I organized App Camp in Phoenix for a couple of years um, before becoming co-executive director at, at App Camp. And then I volunteered um, at a Portland camp. And so, you know, I have several years of like in the classroom experience with this. And I think s- something that is also really valuable about the curriculum is that we have points in it where the code breaks. It's intentionally supposed to break because we're trying to help foster kind of that logical process and like, okay, so this is broken. Why let's, let's problem solve it. Why might, might it be broken in here? No, you don't need to go into some obscure Xcode setting. It's something that we can solve with code, but why might that happen? And they might not know and they won't know, you know, Swift to be able to complete or fill in the gaps, but they can kind of like pseudocode it out and in in English say, oh, this isn't working because, you know, these steps aren't in place. Oh, okay. So let's figure out how to solve that now. And one of my favorite stories is from the last Phoenix camp we held was in um, 2017. And there's this one of our one of our students was sitting at the table and her head was in her hands and she looked like she was about ready to cry and I was like are you okay is everything okay she's like 
I don't understand. I just don't get it. And I was like, it's, you know, it's okay. It's going to be okay. And it came back that afternoon and she, she just lit up because all of like the concepts started to fall into place for her. And she was like, this is amazing. This is the coolest Hmm. thing ever. I understand it now. And, uh, and, and that's, that's great. And like you said, you don't get that when you're going stepwise through a book or following along with the video because those problems are going to be solved. Like someone's, even if you, even if there's a break point where they're like, oh yeah, um, why don't you sit down and brainstorm white? This might be happening. You know, people are just going to continue to watch the video instead of doing that most times. So it's nice that we kind of have that facilitated. All right, let's figure this out time. So you're putting these camps on, you're having students come in, staffed with uh, ab camp staff and volunteers that's a lot of stuff <laughs> just thinking it's about a lot of stuff uh, about what goes into that um clearly y'all believe this is important work and i wonder if we could get into that a little bit uh, about why this is important to to the students but to our community on the whole yeah so AppCamp is the brainchild of Gene McDonald and Gray Oston. And the reason it came into fruition is because um, both of these people were very active kind of in the Apple community. And one year they were at WWDC and there was a um, like a women in tech kind of luncheon thing where you just kind of brown brought your brown bag lunch to a park and kind of sat and just talked wasn't really formal and Jean and Gray kind of looked around they were like there are there aren't many people here there aren't many like women specifically here um what can we do about that and um it's controversial controversial to talk about the p- pipeline problem in tech. And I'm air quoting as I'm saying the pipeline problem. Um, because the point that a lot of people make, which is totally valid, is that there are underrepresented minorities looking for tech careers who are unemployed or underemployed. They do, they do exist already as adults. But also we do have statistics showing that like women specifically don't pursue tech careers, um, don't pursue computer science degrees, um, in college, the, the rates of women, uh, women trying or, um, what's the word I'm looking for studying for CS degrees is pretty low. And, compared to the percentage of men, you know? And so when we look at the reasons why that's happening, it's a lot of it is messaging. Um, And again, AppCamp is for girls, transgender and gender nonconforming kids. Um, But studies don't exist for transgender and gender nonconforming kids. So when I'm talking about girls here, that's the reason why. So what we see is that girls are discouraged from entering technical careers or technical hobbies they're told they can't do it the messaging that we receive in the media it is getting better but you know if you're watching a movie about computer programmers it's going to be all guys um who are doing that the women if there are women present they're often denigrated and made fun of when girls are going through middle school and high school their stem teachers are very frequently men as opposed to women and so what we see is that societal messaging and also a 
lack of mentorship. And so what App Camp tries to do is we try to, one, teach them that they can do it. Yes, it is hard and it can be frustrating, but you absolutely can do it. And two, we are staffed entirely. And when I say staffed, we're mostly volunteers. Um, my co-executive director and I are the only people who are currently paid at App Camp. Everybody else who works with us um, does so on a volunteer basis. So, but those people—they're all women, transgender, and gender non-conforming role models for the kids, so they can see. Yes, there are people who look like me in these roles in the tech industry. I can totally do that, and so I think that's part of the genius of the way the program was set up when when Jean and Gray were coming up with. It is that it addresses both of these reasons why girls don't enter tech. It seems like such a huge, a huge thing to take on. But what I love about App Camp and what I've learned from watching the organization over the years is that just because problems are hard doesn't mean we shouldn't tackle them. Mm-hmm. And I just I love that the way y'all approach it is we're going to have camps for kids. Just something that mm-hmm. is so simple. I know it's not simple to put on. I'm not saying that, but something that's so like, we've all had that experience, right? Many of us have done these sorts of things over the years. Something that can be so, it's a week, you know, you, you only have, you have these girls for a week, but that mm-hmm. can be enough to totally change their course or to, or to show them that there's this whole possibility of future for you. And that's why I'm drawn to it. And that's why I love supporting it and why, why we're doing this to, to tell more people about it is because while this is a s- extremely complicated, big issue in our, in our culture, the solutions don't have to be big and complicated, right? It can mm-hmm. be as, as something as, Hey, let's, we're going to get 10 kids together in Phoenix. and We're going to teach them how to make an iOS app. And I love that sort of grassroots hands-on approach to it. And it means that anyone can be involved in, in these issues, right? Anyone can make our mm-hmm. world a better place because it can be as simple as, teaching a kid how to make an iOS app for a week, right? Like, I just, I love it so yeah. much. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so two things come from that. One is we're seeing this bear out. So we are not a huge organization. We don't have hundreds of camps. Right. Um, this summer we're having somewhere between three and five. We have a couple that we're still working out details for, but, um, we're seeing this play out. Some of the kids who went through we, beta camp, it's its an iOS-centric thing, so we had a beta mm-hmm. camp as they were testing out the concept. Some of the kids who went through beta camp are now in college pursuing degrees in computer that's, science that's awesome. or tech-related fields. And it is a direct result. When they entered the program or went through the first program, they were not interested in tech careers. And so one of them even started like a computer, like a security club in her high school (laughs) after going through camp. So the impact is very real. And that brings you to like, if app camp isn't in your city, it's most likely not in your city. If you're not in the U S or Canada, especially, um, so you can help, you can have a direct impact on kids. You can contact your local schools and see if they have any students who might want tutoring or if there's a way you can get involved with after school programs to help um, to help teach kids how to code or, or programming concepts. You don't even need to know how to code. Can you um, help walk them through like logic problems? That's a big part of, of a 
any kind of tech career, right? And so you can have a direct impact um, just like camp does. And that's, that's what makes it so cool is you don't have to operate on a huge scale to improve lives mm-hmm. or change lives. I mean, I think about the, the people when I was growing up who t- told me something as simple as like, it's okay to be nerdy. It's okay to be interested in the things you're interested in. And those weren't big flashy moments in life. They were just small conversations with, you know, someone I looked up to and I, it just, it, it breaks my heart to think of kids who that's all it could take to, to unlock this, this interest they have, or to tell them that, you know, you, anyone can do what you're interested in. Uh, who, who you are doesn't have any bearing on that. You can do whatever you want to do. And so many people don't have that opportunity and it's just heartbreaking to think about that. Yeah, I am asked frequently, why are you involved in an organization that encourages kids to pursue careers in a field where they may not always feel welcome? And my answer to that is because if I had had app camp when I was in the eighth or ninth grade, it would have changed my life. I was already nerdy. I was already taking apart computers. I was already like reformatting my hard drive (laughs) like twice a week. Like these were things I was already doing, but where I lived, I didn't have, there weren't other people doing those kinds of things. It would have been incredibly validating for me to be like, Oh, I'm not actually all that weird. I mean, we're all a little weird, but (laughs) you know, this is this is other people do this too. This is okay, and I think that would have been just from a confidence perspective in how how I approached maybe high school and college may have changed because of that. Mm -hmm. I'm still working in tech. but I do wonder, like, what would things be like for me now if I had had a program like this when I was, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old? Yeah. So how do we make that possible for kids? If people want to get involved, how can they do that? Um, well, there are a lot of ways, actually. So one, like I said, get involved in your own community. But if you want to help AppCamp directly, we are a nonprofit in the U.S. And I think the Canadian equivalent is like we're a Society of Canada or that something to that effect. That is a great name. That's, Isn't it? That's yeah, so good. I, I'm pretty sure that's it. Um, we don't have any, we haven't had Canadian camps for a couple of years, but we are set up um, you know, in Canada. So, you know, you can, you can make donations, um, to us, like I said, nonprofits, um, 80% of any nonprofits income comes from direct donations. Um, so even if we get, um, a dollar a month, if you can give us a dollar a month, that really genuinely helps us. Um, the other thing you can do is if you work for a corporation that has diversity initiatives or um, nonprofit programs, you can talk with them about getting involved with us, um, m- having corporate donation. Um, we haven't had like a big corporate sponsor for AppCamp. That would be pretty cool, to be honest, um, to work directly with a, a big company to have, have a big impact. Um, you can also volunteer. Um, one of the things originally camp was literally just, 
um, women, transgender and gender nonconforming people, um, we are opening that up because we have so many um, cisgender men who want to help. So we're um, my co-director and I are starting to um, spin up some committees to kind of help decide the future of camp. Um, if you want to volunteer for having camp in your city and you might want to be like a food runner or something like that, that would be also great. Someone to, to pick up last minute supplies because that always happens. Like, I don't know, all the crayons melted. We're in Phoenix. Help. You know, we need some crayons. Um, that that would be great. We have a form on our website where you can um, let us know that you're interested in volunteering. All of the hands-on, like, mentorship stuff is still, you know, we kind of keep keep the cisgender guys out of, out of the classroom um, just because that mentorship piece is so important to us. Um, and also just, like, let people know about us. Um, you know, if you're interested in what we're doing – you know, tweet about it, let people know about the website. Uh, we have a newsletter that goes out. Um, I'm trying to get one newsletter out a month. Um, it's kind of hard since it's just two people doing everything right now um, on on the larger scale. Um, so there are a lot of there are a lot of opportunities uh, to help us out. Just let us know how you might be able to fit in, and we're we're totally on board with getting as many people involved as we can. Awesome. And y'all will be at WBC this year. People can come say hi. We are. Yeah. So, um, we will have a small, small contingent. Um, I think they're most of the week and there's also on Wednesday night, um, immediate, immediately following the connected live show. Um, there will be another James Dempsey and the Breakpoints concert at the Ritz. And all of the information about that is forthcoming, but um, we will uh, announce when tickets go for sale and everything as soon as we have all those ducks in a row. Awesome. Uh, Eileen, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I've got links to all that stuff in the show notes. People can go learn more. People can follow you. Uh, go find your podcast. Um, And I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks so much. You bet.